Hello, listener. Do you like scary movies? What's your favorite scary movie? Well, Jay and Mike like scary movies, too. You should go and subscribe to their podcast. We watched a movie. Because if you don't, I'll gut you like a... Well, I think you get the idea. Enjoy yourselves while you still can. Hey, fuckers. <laughs> this is Mike, and this is a fun thing I decided to do and take these three movie reviews, put them together in one video. I hope you guys enjoy this. These are from the videos that are on YouTube that you can check out, but this is all three of the Urban Legend movies reviewed in the Just Like Scream series. So you'll you'll hear an intro for each one or whatever, but just know that it's natural. Don't let anyone tell you it's not natural to be to be who you are and to do stuff to your to your butt. See you guys. Hey guys, welcome back to We Watch Movie. I am Mike. Thanks for taking a minute of your day to spend it with me today. Today we are talking in the newest Just Like Ah Scream series where we review all the movies that were inspired by Scream, the good ones, the bad ones, the best ones. And today we have a classic one. We're going to do all three movies in the franchise, Urban Legend. This movie came out in 1998, directed by Jamie Blanks, who also directed another movie we'll end up covering called Valentine. It was written by Ugly Betty creator Silvio Horta, who's actually unfortunately no longer with us. I found that out when I was going and doing all my research on this. And that's unfortunate because as much stuff as urban legends get as being one of the most blatant scream ripoffs as they called it when it came out and, and got such shitty reactions from critics and the like there are a ton of these movies which is why we do this which by the way if you want to be involved in all of those but don't forget to click the subscribe button and the bell that'll notify you because if you don't youtube will probably hide us because they'll say you these people are shameful and they say things like shit fart cock balls and i don't want them around my children anymore and you probably don't want us around your children but no while urban legend it may be a scream ripoff sure but it's it's one of the few that actually did it really really well in my opinion and i haven't seen this movie in years and i went back and watched it and i was like this kind of rocks the shit right now and we'll get into why the story is super simple so a bunch of sexy hot college kids are being killed off by uh, an abercrombie coat wearing killer one by one using the stories of different urban legends to carry out their deaths. And all this is being explained to you as it's happening by professor at the university these kids are at, Robert England, of all people, who's teaching a course on urban legends at the time. The soundtrack in itself is great. you got Stabbing Westward on there. You've got fucking Zoot Suit Riot. And that's one of the most important things with these movies is you have to have really good needle drops, and Urban Legends does a good job of doing that. The core group of kids who are either conversating over coffee or just being picked off one by one were really well cast, really interesting. I liked every single one of them. Michael Rosenbaum plays this over-the-top type of, I guess he's really supposed to be the stewish character of this whole thing, but he just overacts the living shit out of it. I mean, they could have put Jim Carrey in the role. I don't know if he could have overacted it anymore. Just like every single time they show him on camera, he's like, <laughs> I'm the cool guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like every single shot is just so overdone. I didn't even hate him because he's still entertaining, but whoo. You got young face Jared Leto in this, who's actually really good in the movie. He just kind of, same thing as Johnny Depp. It's always nice to see Jared Leto actually just play a normal dude who's not like, you know, sending used condoms to people and like method acting and being all weird fuck in the desert. He's just a young, short haired, 
fresh-faced Giolito, who's a journalist, and he's going through and sensationalizing all this stuff, putting it in the school paper, but also kind of unraveling what's going on as the movie goes on. Rebecca Gayfarts, Rebecca Gayhart's in the movie, and shh, Gayfart. Rebecca Gayhart's in this, who's literally was in Scream Two as one of the sorority sisters, and she's done some other stuff in her career that's really good. I thought she was fantastic in this movie, and we'll get to what a big role she plays later. There will be spoilers in this, just so you guys know. Joshua Jackson, man, a staple of the Just Like Scream series. We'll see him so much as we go through this. The fucking skulls, man, cursed. He's been in so many of these movies; it's hilarious. But yeah, uh, he was awesome in this. He's doing his best Jared Leto from Fight Club impression with his with his bleach blonde hair and. I think I like Joshua Jackson and everything I see him in. And I've heard that he wants to be in the Scream series. I know he was in Scream 2, but you could just easily have him play a different character or maybe even have him come back as himself. It's a shame we never got to have his character at least killed off in Scream 2. Tara Reid is in this, and she plays a radio host who helps sorority girls and stuff get over stuff like dealing with the cum sitting around in their stomachs. That's literal. I'm not just calling people sluts. I'm not here to slut shame. You... Get it, girl. You fucking, you go out there and you suck all those dicks. No, I've literally never thought about that. That would be weird, I feel like. I'm glad I don't have to do it on weekends. And that role was actually almost played by Sarah Michelle Gellar. Now, Tara Reed is, Tara Reed's Tara Reed. She's going to Tara Reed. They are who we thought they were. She does, in her death scene, it is pretty annoying, actually, when, when he's chasing her. The noises, she's the constant scream that she's doing. It's just, I don't know. But other than that, she was fine. Danielle Harris is in this as well. She's the main girl's roommate, the good girl of the movie's roommate. And she's a super goth chick who painted half of the room black. And she comes home, and she turns on a light, and she's, like, screaming. I was like, turn the fucking light on! She's bent over the bed by some goth dude. There's, like, metal playing and shit. And every time she comes home, she's smoking cigarettes and... And a lot of people won't get this reference, but at one point she comes home and she's smoking a cigarette and she's on the goth chat boards or whatever. And the girl picks up the phone. She's like, because you can hear the and back in the day, kids, you couldn't use the Internet and be on the phone at the same time. And she's like, this is my room, too. And while she was over the top, I honestly like kind of sided with her character because just the way the girl walked in and did it, she's like, Rebecca, or whatever her name was. I don't know. Anyways, I'm getting sidetracked here. But she chain smokes, and she spends all of her time on goth message boards, and she'll literally bang any guy who just comes on there and is like, hey, looking for some goth chick. She's like, see you in 10 minutes. What room? And it's like, you don't even know what the guy looks like. But anyways, aside from that, her character's over the top. We'll get more into that. So as mentioned, the writing is sharp in the movie. It's it's fucking naughty naughty and funny and it's just things that you just want in a just like scream movie to be the soundtrack and the casting are great and the opening kicks ass well almost so in the opening of the film you got this girl who's, who's singing terribly in her car driving along the wet roads of the sahara just she's driving on wet roads she's driving on these on these roads and she stops at a gas station it's kind of the first urban legends that 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 is unfolding in front of us brad dorf walks out to the car and he's got this crazy stutter and he's just, she's like, oh my God, freak. And you could tell she's just sort of a total bitch, Sarah. And then he comes out and he's like, hey, the, the card, the credit card company wants to talk to you. She goes in the building and she obviously thinks that he's going to kill her and do stuff to her butt. But he's trying to explain to her something. And it looks like he's trying to, you know, put a finger or five in her. And she runs away and she gets away and it's this escape. And when she gets down the road, you he finally gets it out. And he's like, there's someone in the back seat. And it's such a cool moment. It's such a well-written moment. I know this is an urban legend, but it's just it's just written well the way it all goes down. And she's driving down the street. And Brad Dorf in his one little role just fucking kills it. The guy 
could sell a ketchup popsicle to a woman in white gloves. Everything Brad Dorf touches is gold. What an underrated actor that guy is. But she gets down the road, and then obviously we get our killer for the first time popping up. And as far as design of the killer look, outfit, or whatever, it's fine. I mean, there's nothing bad about it. It doesn't... It doesn't take you out of the scene. It's not some corny, terrible, awful mask. You know, it's just, it's just, it's a fucking winter coat and a black face. Like you can't see anything. There's one point where you see eyeballs when they're walking down a hallway. And I'm like, oh, that looks kind of cool. But the, for the most part, it's just completely blacked out. Just a jacket like that movie ATM. That's an underrated movie, by the way. I think if they had a cooler design on that, it may have upped the movie a little bit, but who knows? But yeah, he pops up in the back seat, and th- this is all set up so well. I mean, this scene could have been plucked directly out of a screen movie. And I mean that in the best ways. I mean, people take that as a bad thing. I say, why not? Hit me again, Ike, and put some steak on it. What movie is that from? Comment down below. There's no... It just ends... It's all perfectly shot, and it's into the way it's filmed. It just feels like Scream. It's awesome. Uh, that last shot got me, though. I was like, damn it. Like, you had it. And then when he goes to swing the axe, it's just like this quick poof. And, like, the window goes out. And it really just lets the air out of an, an otherwise really tense scene. But this is where we're introduced to all of our characters. As the aforementioned group sitting around talking, hanging out, doing their thing by the fountain, just like they did in Scream. And this whole exposition dump was just beautifully done. Because Robert England comes in and he is the professor teaching the kids about the ur- urban legends. He rocks the shit out of his role. And they do the Pop Rocks thing where he has the girl come up and there's this urban legend that if you drink pop rocks and soda, then a guy guy did it before and his stomach exploded. So Joshua Jackson's character comes up and does it and then fakes it, you know, whatever, spits this nasty green shawl over him. Honestly, he probably would have gotten a lot more trouble for that because he clearly scared the shit out of everybody. Someone, I think, probably called 911 and he got blue pop rocks mixed with Pepsi all over the goddamn carpet. But anyways, he fakes everybody out and it's a good scene. Really lets you know who his character is. Robert England's giving you a great exposition dump. We know exactly what we're in for. We're good to go. Again, this movie is so sharply written, I feel like it's underrated. And I love Joshua Jackson's character in this. He goes back to, to the to the main girl, and she's upset. And he's like, you know, I could be a sweet guy. Just don't tell anybody. He's like, you want to go You want to go out and to the woods? We'll just talk. We'll just talk or whatever. And when he gets in the car, the uh, Dawson's Creek song comes on, which is funny. But and there's nice little meta references in this movie as well that'll that'll remind you of Scream. Not towards movies directly, but just subtle jabs and things like that. But he drives out and he's talking to her. He ends, he's just trying to bang her, of course, obviously. There's just one line that he does that I fucking love where he's like, Oh, I can't. I'm hitting the half pipe at Killington this weekend. <laughs> everybody's trying to be so cool it just makes you laugh i love it i love it i can't i'm hitting the half pipe at killington this weekend (laughs) i don't know why that makes me laugh so hard anyway his death scene's kind of cool he's taking a pee and then the killer jumps out and the idea is neat but the execution's a little bit off the killer ties the rope to the back of the car and then he's on top of the car hanging from a tree so when she drives away it's going to pull his body up and hang him even more than he's already being hung and as the guy later says he's like he probably did it because it was the only way anybody was ever going to call him hung when she speeds away it pulls him up which is a good gag but the idea that the killer got him on top of the car that fast is a kind of a big dude it's just kind of ridiculous but anyways what are you gonna do so she speeds away kills him and then the body's gone and nobody believes her so we kind of have to do this weird like you're seeing things sarah sort of like deal that we did with like you know a chucky movie when nobody believes andy and i feel like that may have been unnecessary you probably could have cropped that thing out and just had everybody believe her and be like hey there's a killer on campus let's fucking scoot with it you know but either way it sets up a good kill for daniel harris's character because 
as mentioned, when she'll walk into a room, she'll be fucking and she'll be like, turn the lights off, goddammit. And then her character will just put in headphones because nobody wants to, to listen to somebody fucking when they know you can hear them fucking. That's just weird to me. Like, who does that? Like, why would you get louder because you know I'm in the room? Do you want me to come over there? Am I the guy in the corner? Should I bring snacks? What's going on? And, of course, they have way nicer dorm rooms than anyone ever has in, in the real world. I did appreciate the fact that they actually made people go out into the communal bathrooms. They didn't at least have their own shower and bathroom. I was like, because that's not realistic either. We had to walk down the fucking hallway and put on flip-flops to shower. I know. I was in college for five weeks. But this kill was set up really nicely because, like I said, she's on this chat room. And some dude's just randomly like, hey, any goth chicks looking to party? And they're like, she's like, what are you into? He's like, lithium. She's like, oh, you're my kind of guy. I have lithium. It's like, what room? And she's like, she's going to go fuck these, this dude or these dudes that she's never seen before. And, I mean, you're talking it could be some, like, you know, fucking 400-pound goth dude. With, like, kids in his closet. <laughs> She's just like, yeah, let's fucking do it. The, the way this movie portrays goth people is hilarious. But anyway, it's the killer. And they do another screamish thing here when she's like, all right, I'm going to go get ready. What room are you in? And she goes and, like, freshens herself up. And when she comes back, the the dude or the person is written in all caps, yours, like your room. Then they pop up and the killer puts her on the bed and is, like, you know, murdering her, choking her. And then the girl comes in. And it's a really sadistic, fucked up kill. I really like this one. She comes in. She's like, oh, my bad i won't turn on the lights i remember from last time because it's just this black figure on what is this <laughs> you're a pervert he's on top of her choking her and she's just making like gurgly noises and shit like that and she's like oh, wow this is crazy and she puts in her headphones and she's like just sitting there while her friend's getting murdered it's really fucked up if you think about it and then when she wakes up it's like uh, thanks for not turning on the lights or whatever. It's like, I, I don't know if that's exactly what was written, but it's written in blood above her bed. And it's a good thing you didn't turn on the lights or something like that. So just a really cool, sadistic, mean, well-written, well-acted scene. It's an awesome one. Almost with no violence whatsoever. Still an awesome kill. Or gore, I should say. It's definitely violence. I mean, when you choke fuck someone to death, you know. The Dean, who doesn't believe any of this shit and is really set up as a red herring, has a really good death scene as well. It's in the parking garage. There's an Achilles slice that happens real quick, which is another urban legend, which if you've ever worked third shift and, like, walked out to your car at night, even in your own driveway, you're like, I want to protect my Achilles. <laughs> Just run down. Like, something's going to pop out under your specific car in the middle of your suburban neighborhood. I don't know, but still, it works. Same thing as aliens. Basically, I just don't go outside after dark. But his death scene's really fucked up because he gets murdered using the spikes in the parking garage. And just the way the car hits him and like slams him into it, it's pretty gross. Well done scene. Michael Rosenbaum's death scene is directly from Scream. I mean, he literally gets a phone call and the killer's like, you're going to die tonight. And I'm like, holy shit, this is great. It's one of those things that like it was it was almost a victim of its time, I feel like, because when it came out, I was like, yeah, they're trying to do the Scream thing and everybody hates him for it. But now for those of us who find Scream and movies like it beloved, it's it's perfect. It's just a taste of something you know that that we can never get enough of and why that's why i'm having such a fun time doing this series by the way but anyway he takes the phone call and he's like oh i've heard this one the killer's coming from inside the house another movie slash urban legend that's referenced here is um the stranger next fucking somebody's in the house god damn it what's the when a stranger calls yes fuck you dad but he's like oh i know what this one is and he runs upstairs and it's like no 
this one's the one where you know the, the guy's dog gets microwaved. He's like, "What?" And he runs downstairs. His dog's microwaved, and the camera shot's awesome because it shoots from the cam- from the inside of the microwave with all the blood and guts and shit. Like I said, this movie's meaner than it gets credit for. Out to his face, he freaks out. Then the killer traps him in the bathroom. And there's a lightning storm coming on outside, so it's sort of like a saw machine, because like whenever the lightning flashes, it's just kind of weird looking. But he puts a funnel down his throat, puts pop rocks, and then I believe Drano down, and then obviously he explodes with all the... Good death scene after good death scene after good death scene in this movie. I don't feel like it gets a lot of credit for it. Not a lot of gore, but still good death scenes. You don't need gore for great death scenes. Just ask Halloween. And then Tara Reid's character, as I mentioned, really annoying the way she screamed the entire time she's running, but... It was funny that it was being broadcast to everyone, and they were listening to it thinking it was a prank. But uh, Killer just kills her with an axe and then sees the main girl and like does this. And Pretty cool. It's the first time you've seen that Killer show personality while in the, the suit or while in the, the, the jacket. Which, by the way, seven people in the movie have this particular jacket, which makes it hard to discern who the actual killer is there's one dude who just fucking runs around looking weird as shit and it's like a perfect red herring because he's just like i'm fucking weird as shit you know he's basically david desmalkian's character from the dark knight you're like that guy's fucking up to something oh thank you for mowing right now this is a neighborhood i don't know if you can hear that or not but i apologize for my neighbor piece of shit just kidding you know, I'm pretty sure that wraps up most of the death scenes, but you know, they did a really good job tying in the urban legends to the death scenes, and they even threw a couple more in there. There's a couple Bloody Mary references that happen. Just again, I just can't get over this movie was really, really well written, and I would have liked to see more movies like this from this writer. Unfortunately, passed way too soon, but. Uh, just, I think this is an underratedly good written movie. Okay. And then finally they wrap things up in the end of this. And I noticed something to myself when I was watching this, I said, Hey Mike, you know what I noticed every single, I feel like in most slasher movies, I begin to check out. The final chase scene between the final girl and the killer. And it kind of goes on and on and on a little bit. And I just I noticed that I usually do check out in these scenes because look all, all the quirky side characters have been killed off. You know that you're not going to get many more death scenes. You know the final girl's probably definitely going to survive this, and you have the killer reveal to look forward to. But this little chunk of the movie, it's like these directors and Jane Blanks did a hell of a job directing the shit out of this movie. I thought it was really well done. I mean, in any of these movies, you're going to have little issues. Like there's a couple shots here and there that like, and it's mainly like the action type scenes that just don't flow very well sometimes. But and that's kind of the thing. Like, these directors, their strong suit isn't like Jason Bourne action chase scenes, right? So sometimes that can really detract from these moments and that the suspense of these moments. And here it does as well. And the killer reveal is Rebecca Gayhart's character. And the whole idea was that the main girl basically was responsible for killing someone because they did this game where they got behind him and turned their lights on and off and fucked with him and the guy ended up wrecking and dying and that was her boyfriend is what we find out so she's followed her here she's killing everybody using urban legends and by the way she's been obsessed with Jared Leto's character the entire movie and he's just kind of been indifferent to her but she was going to help him out by getting him a Pulitzer Award for covering all this stuff as it's happening in real time basically it's revenge for killing her boyfriend not the coolest motive or whatever but like didn't really need it to be. I really thought Rebecca Gayhart acted the shit out of this. I thought she was really good uh, the entire first half of the movie, just being openly obsessed with this character. She was a fun character uh, throughout the movie. And then in the end, when she gets her little monologue, I thought she did a great job with it. I thought she was crazy. She was scary. She definitely has stage 10 clinger face if she wants to. 
She's a very beautiful woman, but she she if she wants to throw on that face, she she's got that face. Maybe it's Maybelline. Maybe it's a fucking crazy bitch. And there's a fucked up scene where she's like on top of her and she's like, hey, we're going to do the kidney one. That's your urban legend. We're going to do the kidney thing. So she actually starts stabbing into her and it's just going to like pull out an organ while the girl's awake. And she's like, sorry, I don't have any anesthesia or whatever. She's giving a fucking crazy eyeliner eyes. Jerry Leto shows up, saves the day, basically. And ultimately what ends up happening is they shoot her and she falls out of a window. And it's like, okay, well, we know she's definitely not dead. But they get in the car, they're driving away. And he's like, it's weird. If this is our urban legend, where's the twist or whatever? And then all of a sudden she pops. And, and right when he's saying it, you go, if you didn't get it before, maybe I'm stupid. But you go, she's in the back fucking seat. And then she pops up with the axe in the back seat. They, there's this, it's a, it's a really fun twist. I liked it. I thought it makes sense. I mean, it's believable enough. She gets shot. She falls out of a window. She could have survived that. I mean, we've seen people survive getting hit with TVs and stabbed, as we all know, because that stew is, is survived that. And so why not her survive this as well? And then they wreck the car and she goes and she flies out into the sea or the creek or Dawson's Creek or wherever the fuck. I don't want to wait. But then they do the smart-ass double ending, which I really love when, when movies have the balls to do this. And they pan out, and it's a whole new group of college students sitting around talking about urban legends. Camera pans around. Boom. It's her. She, she's still alive, and she's attending another college. And then the movie ends. I fucking loved it. I, I love this movie. I, I cannot believe. I think, again, another movie like Wolf Creek that was a victim of the time that it came out when a lot of movies like this were coming out. So everybody was sketchy about them. I, I fucking love the shit out of this, man. It's an 8 out of 10 for me. And, and for people who are wanting a scary movie or something like that, you're not going to like it that much because it's not scary. It is your typical slasher movie, your typical post-scream slasher movie for sure. And it's it's not – I don't think it's going to scare – any adults, uh, you know, that, that are that are seasoned in horror movies by any means, but there's some clever writing in it. There's some really fun acting in it. There's some fun dialogue in it. There's some fun death scenes in it. Um, so your average person's not going to watch this movie and be like, that fucking, that was great. That's hereditary, you know? Uh, but those of us who love these teen slasher type movies, these post scream, just like scream movies, I think that this is one that you should totally fucking revisit. And I think you'll get an absolute kick out of it. I know I did. Uh, it's an 8 out of 10 for me. Accomplished just about everything it wanted to. So I hope you guys will subscribe and click that bell so that you get the rest of these. we got a ton. We're going to do gossip at some point. Uh, there's there's a million of these movies, and I can't wait to cover every single one of them. And I can't wait to cover every inch of you with my fingers. I don't know what that means, but I know I meant it. I love your fucking faces, guys. I hope you have an amazing day. Hey, guys. Welcome back to We Watch Movie. I am Mike, and today, just like scream returns this is a segment of the show where we take a look at all the movies that feel like scream they don't have to be as good as scream they don't even have to be good but they just have to follow that old scream template that scream gave us and be inspired by scream and it's a whole subgenre that after 1996 happened after scream came out you know it was just buttloads and buttloads of these movies released and we're going through all of them we've already done the curve with matthew lillard we've already done the first urban legends movie we've done cherry falls and today we are doing the sequel to urban legends urban legends final cut now the first thing i want to say is who has the 
ball sack to have the second movie in their franchise go the whole the final chapter Jason route. I mean, come on, guys. This second movie. I mean, maybe they're just throwing the whole kitchen sink at it. Like, whatever we got to do, please just let us squeeze one more movie out of this. Which, by the way, they would do one more after this. The franchise ends up with three. And we're going to cover them all. But today, Urban Legends Final Cut. It's directed by John Ottman, who is not a director. He is a composer, but he's a really good fucking composer. Scott Derrickson was actually one of the writers of this film, from you know the dude from Black Phone, Sinister. It is, just like the last movie, way better than it has any right to be. It's not as good as the first Urban Legends movie, in my opinion. And there's some really bad stuff in this one, but there's some fun stuff in there, too. And when you just look at the package, when you just look at the, the cats, just ha- everything that encompasses this movie, you kind of expect it to be a... a, a, a Well, a piece of shit. This movie takes place in a completely different school, but it doesn't directly translate to the first film apart from some clever book ending. And the ridiculous return of campus security guard Reese, played by Loretta Devine, who was fired trying to uncover the truth about the last killings and then just ended up as a security guard at a new campus. So when a bunch of fellow film students and friends start getting murdered in festive ways, Amy, played by Jennifer Morrison, who was the dead kid from Stir of Echoes, but totally thought she was Kate Bosworth for half the film, she wants answers, god damn it, and she's currently working on her school film a horror movie about someone killing folks using urban legends holy shit that's so meta i can fucking taste it running for the hitchcock award which is sure to make any director's career if achieved and likely the franken beans of the motive here for whichever the killer is and and just like scream fashion the cast is just like a dawson's creek gangbang of characters including freaking Eva Mendez is in this movie, and she's not the main girl, which makes no sense. It was early in her career, but even as you're watching the movie, you're seeing Eva Mendez, and you're like, you should be the main person. Yeah, the cast includes Matthew Davis from Blue Crush, which weirdly starred Kate Bosworth, Joey Lawrence from Blossom, you turd Blossom. Anson Mount's in this, doing his best Rob Thomas from Matchbox 20 impression if he'd had sex with James Marsden Cyclops and maybe a baby that listens to too much Oasis. Anthony Anderson, who's the dude in Scream 4 who gets stabbed in the head and says, fuck Bruce Willis, literally in Scream. And then finally, again, just fucking, how is Eva Mendez in this movie? But yeah, the movie starts off and we're on an airplane and it feels, I literally thought we were watching Final Destination for a second, I swear to God, uh, just the way it all looked. We're on an airplane and there's this these, these kids, they're going to spring break, they go to the bathroom to have sex which is really upsetting just the way that they go about it because they go in this tiny plane bathroom to join the mile high club or whatever and like they're not if you go in a plane bathroom to have sex you're doing it quickly you know you're getting in you're getting out you're getting away but they go in there and they're like doing foreplay and like talking dirty to each other he's going down on her at one point and i'm like that's not how you have plane sex but they look at the mirror and oh my god i know what you did last summer fashion it's like you're going down and because he was literally going down at the time which is hilarious but they come out and as they could let leave the bathroom everybody on the plane's been murdered so this this killer is apparently a fucking conjuring ninja because he's killed everyone on the plane which is kind of cool just the way it all looks when they come out and everyone's throat's been slit and they're still sitting in their seats again completely impossible because he even kills the pilot of the airplane but it's this american psycho they don't have a good bathroom to do coke in looking motherfucker wearing a suit walking around with a knife and he's chasing her down and you're like like this is shitty yeah it is shitty and she's like the worst actress i've ever seen but then they 23 skidoo you and it's one of those 2009 friday the 13th openings where this isn't actually the opening it's a super meta burrito and this is just them filming their college student film uh because there's like a cut and then the guy's like what the fuck she can't act and it's, it's pretty cool but 
But it did have me thinking, I would really love to actually see a full-on slasher movie take place on an airplane, because that got me excited. And shut the fuck up over there, Greg. I see you start to type on your keyboard with your goddamn um actuallys. We already know that Turbulence and Red Eye exist. I mean, like a pure slasher film. So eat a dick. But no, we find out that all the students are in film school at this point, and they're all vying for this Hitchcock Award or whatever, and... It's the perfect setup for a super scream, like, ultra-meta movie, because they're all in film school. All the film references you can make, it's like the class in Scream 2, if it was just the whole movie about those kids. They really dropped the ball on that one. I thought they were going to pound that thing into the fucking ground. They do get meta with some of the stuff, for sure, and there's there's a line here or there about a movie here and there, but it's nothing like what they could have done. But those vibes are definitely there. Look, the best part of this entire movie, other than a couple really inspired kills, is absolutely the Scream template, just draped over top of this fucker like the action scenes are not filmed very well there's a couple like karate chop action moments that are just terrible and the, and the sound on them is awful there's some corny jokes and some really really dumb characters in it but it still works for those of us who are fans of the scream template uh, because they apply it i mean you've got red herrings all over the place you've got needle drops you've got the wondering which one of these people straight off the set of fucking again matchbox 20s push video is going to be the killer in the end and on top of that you got a couple really good kills to set it off the kills are all over the place there's one kill involving they go back to the girl wakes up with her kidney out in the tub and i won't go full-on spoiler with this review uh even though it's been out for forever so i won't say everything but there will be some spoilers throughout i think i won't talk about the killer or whatever uh in this one because it's a little less watched so i want you to be able to still enjoy it but just warning there are some spoilers going through here like when i talk about this kill she wakes up and her kidney is just sitting there in front of her which is really fucked up like it's one thing to know that your kidney's missing but to have it in front of you and then this killer starts raging at her and in the struggle while she's trying to escape through a window the kidney falls on the floor and it's all rolling around which is just kind of fucked up to think about like to see your own kidney on the floor just getting stepped on and squished everywhere it just makes me feel icky bod crane inside probably the coolest moment of the movie as she's crawling out of the window her wound is just sitting there gaping and he grabs the skin and rips it back open which is just oh, holy finger up your butt surprise that would be awful and it makes you really go oh this movie means business it doesn't but then he beheads her with a broken windowsill which is just a beautiful kill and then throws the kidney to the dog and the dog eats her kidney just that's fucked up man that's fucked up and there's one scene where we see a bunch of dead bodies and there's like rats going in and out of like the holes in their faces and it reminds me of the whole halloween three thing when they when that little fucker with the pumpkin mask got his face melted and like the snakes and spiders were crawling out of it couple really surprisingly gnarly moments, but then on the flip side of that, there's other kills in this that are just terrible. There's one where a really funny, like, German dude who's a director of photography who hits on women more than, like, Will Ferrell does in Night at the Roxbury, just walking around like, sup, sup, sup. In this case, he's always smoking cigarettes, like, you're a very beautiful woman. And that was a terrible accent. I think that was more Russian, whatever. European jeez. Jeez. European jeez. But the, the killer beats him to death with his own camera. And it's just like cornily shot. It just looks bad. And like, we just got off this cool kill. There's a kill that happens in a uh, this like mine shaft that they're filming one of the student films in. And the killer is just the corniest looking, just most uninspired piece of shit I ever saw in my life. It's just like, oh, I got, they, they got electrocuted and they're dead. And it's like, you guys had the template. You had it going. You showed that you could do cool kills. I don't know what's going on. If it's a budget issue with this, but just... 
just the most lack of inspiring kills ever on a couple occasions in this movie. There was one girl who uh, her kill is pretty cool because it's fucked up how they flip the meta on its head. And they're watching one of the, what's supposed to be one of these director's student films. And all of a sudden the tape clips and it's actually the killer chasing down this really terrible actress with his camera and, you know, stabbing her and showing the kill. But they all think they're watching, you know, a fake movie. So they're like, there should be more blood and just like laughing at it and shit. But it kind of has that scream Two opening vibe. Whereas they're actually watching a real murder. But on the flip side of that, these characters are so stupid. This is the characters. in This are really, really dumb. Specifically the main girl, Amy dumber in a box of dumb rocks. I mean, she just has no idea. This girl goes missing. They watched her murder. They all acknowledged none of them filmed it. They all acknowledged it looked awful, real, and strange. And then they just moved about their lives. No one considered where she was, why the fuck she was missing, what was going on with that. Just didn't consider it. And in this movie, whereas in other Scream-like movies, they everybody's freaking out because there's a killer on the loose. This guy cleans up his tracks. He makes one of them look like a suicide. Does all these things. Nobody knows that there's a killer on the loose except for the main girl in this one. So everybody's just like walking around their lives even though their friends and classmates are being murdered to smithereens alongside of them. Nobody fucking notices. They do this dude who just looks like a Tom Brady cosplayer. Uh, and he... It's his, he dies, but it's his, his twin shows up. They do the whole twin thing. And the guy's clearly like, whether he ends up being the killer or not, she's dumb as shit forever being around him for more than five seconds at a time. Cause the dude acts like the killer the entire fucking movie. And she just like, other than like having a bad dream, she's like, ah, he's hot though. I'll hang out with him. Just the whole time I was just like, it, he better not be the fucking killer. Cause if he is, this is the dumbest shit I've ever seen in my life. The killer himself, by the way, looks differently in this. He has a fencing mask on, which it just boggles my ever-loving mind that you can create and, and find financing for and write and, and make an entire slasher movie and not have like what your killer looks like down. Like how the hell do these franchises like switch up the killer so often from one movie to the next? Like that was one of the most important aspects, man. You got to dunk that shit. But in the first movie, you know, it was just a floating coat. <laughs> the, the mystery of the floating coat. It was just an Abercrombie goddamn coat with no face still worked out. In this one, they decided to throw a fencing mask on the killer, which I like. It's a cool touch. I actually enjoy it. It's, it's pretty neat. It gives him, the killer more of his own personality, I feel like, when he shows up. And it's cool. And, it, you know, it hasn't been done before. So I respected that. And I like the way the killer looks. The way the killer runs around through the movie is just kind of magooish. I don't know. It just doesn't look realistic from time to time. I actually thought in my mind, I was like, oh, hey, if the killer ends up being a female... The way that they're moving, they're actually maybe they're actually having the the actress who turns out to be the killer playing the role because it kind of looks like that. And they did that a little bit in the first one too because they had that long blonde hair that was going on, which was obviously throwing you off. But still, but no, it was just a uh, uh, the stunt work wasn't wasn't great, and it just kind of looked like a regular person being like, <laughs> running away, like I'm the gingerbread man, you know, in a fencing mask. Uh, but other times. Uh, specifically, there's a Scream 2 moment where she's in like, uh, I don't, it's not a recording booth. Maybe it is, but she's locked herself in this room with all windows and the killer's like walking up to her and he's wearing a different silly mask with like a tongue falcon dangling out of it and then busts in there. But in that scene, there's a cool moment where the killer, she's hiding and he walks up to a piano and just like fist fucks it and she's like, Dum! and it's actually really creepy. 
But going back to how stupid the lead is, she's like three football fields ahead of the killer, like could escape easily and just starts literally tripping on dumb shit. Like the meme says, falls in a goddamn lake. <laughs> can't even see the killer. She's like, ah, trips in a goddamn lake. Just some really stupid stuff like that happens. There's a really funny moment, by the way, when the killer's chasing her, though, and a boat oar hits him in the face and he gets in a fight with it. It's very Jim Carrey-ish, very ghost faceish. I like that. And then as far as the reveal goes, again, I won't say who it was for those of you who haven't seen it yet, because I do think that this movie's worth watching if you're a fan of the Scream template in movies. If you really love these kind of movies, uh, you there are things to find joy in in this for sure. Uh, it's not a scary movie or anything like that. But if, you, if you're one of those who watches every slasher, you'll definitely like it. If you love the Scream template. You will like it. And it's just, it's a pretty good time. It's kind of like the first Urban Legends, but it's also that that one friend you have who who you go to Chi Chi's with and they have a margarita and a half and they start doing dumb shit. Like, you're not exactly enjoying yourself, but you're looking at it going, <laughs> what the fuck are you doing, you idiot? That's kind of like watching this movie at times. But the movie does do a really good job of making you wonder who the killer is the entire movie, for sure. Because there's multiple, everybody's kind of an asshole. They're all these these uppity film students and they're showing up in their turtlenecks and they're like you're not gonna take the hitchcock award away from me because i love cock what i'm leaving shit like that there's like four of those dudes who come up and do that kind of thing so i'm ken kniff from connecticut but the killer reveal was okay there was this really corny moment where a couple characters decide to do like a citizen's arrest and they like walk in the road like they're badasses and it's like are we watching bad boys this is fucking mike lowry and martin lawrence and, and will smith like this is so corny. And there's multiple moments like that in the movie where you're like, what are you doing? But when it gets to the reveal, it's nothing shocking. It's nothing like, oh, my God, I didn't see that coming. It's kind of a fucking perif character. That, that And again, they do a good job setting up red herrings throughout the movie. But it's sort of a perif character who comes up. But you don't mind it because, once again, just like Scream, it's a very Mickey from Scream 2 reveal. It's a very Detective Bailey from Scream 6 reveal. It's over the top, and the actor doing it has the chops to pull it off. Off, uh comes out of goddamn nowhere sort of but he's he has the 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 chops to pull it off so the monologues in my opinion not written great but the way he delivered it and how he handled it was really good that being said once again the action just smacks this movie in the dick when they start trying to do the whole thing and they're like fighting for guns and there's one moment where the killer goes to like grab and like hug fight someone and it's just like a shitty backyard wrestling match uh between 12 year olds it's just it's not fucking John Wick. I'll say that when it comes to this, to the choreography of all this. But you know what? It works. It, it, it's again, it's the scream template is what's paying off for this movie, and uh, just some of these, some fun acting performances, some a couple cool deaths here and there, and it just it works just enough. At the end of the movie, that same friend who was at Chi Chi's having margaritas gets way too drunk starts doing shots sees his ex-girlfriend really starts to make an ass of himself and say some dumb shit because this movie they try to do a fucking bodyguard switcheroo ending which was just insane like again i won't spoil it completely but they go and they decide to make a, a, a horror short student film about the murder of their friends that happened like three minutes ago and they're having like a blast with it and it's like your friends were just fucking brutally murdered all around you. And you're making a 
fucking fan film right now? This is ridiculous. You guys are assholes. You should have died. And they really do throughout the movie really just exploit Loretta Devine. Like she's great. She's she's game for it. She's hilarious. She's over the top. But it's kind of a joke. It's like kind of a one note joke that they have just kind of ran into the ground with her in this. Every time something happens, she shows up around the corner. And I'm not sure if they were trying to red herring her or what, but they just really did too much. But after that ending, there's yet another ending. And this is what I mean when they book in it and tie it to the other ones. And it's just like what is this charlie in the chocolate factory grow up fucking peter pan this makes no sense is this girl everywhere is she goddamn wish mastered like what is happening here it's cute it's like a wink at the camera sort of deal but it's dumber than shit and like why is that guy in a mental hospital now why is he like not moving what in the nurse ratchet ass is going on but all in all it's a shut your brain off have a good time watch a horror movie movie yeah i give it a 6.5 out of 10 I hope you guys are enjoying this Just Like Scream series as much as I am, because I'm fucking loving it, like McDonald's. And I do love McDonald's. The spice of McChicken's back, and I can't stop eating it. So um, I love your all's fucking faces. I hope you guys have an amazing day. And don't forget, if you want to watch more of these, click that subscribe button and the bell so that YouTube tells you when we do these, because everyone's a suspect! Hey guys, welcome back to We Watched a Movie. I am Mike, and this is Just Like Ah Scream! A show where we take movies that were inspired by the 1996 Wes Craven classic and we review them all one by one as we wait for some... God, can we please get some fucking Scream 7 news at some point? Okay, so how in the gender mandarin fucksicle is the director of Pet Cemetery the same person who made this unwanted taint of a movie? How is that the same person Mary Lambert directed this? And it's also written by Michael Darty in the same year that he wrote X2, which, I mean, don't get me wrong, there is definitely some questionable things in Michael Darty's IMDb filmography, Superman Returns. It's impossible. Lois could never have Superman's baby. Do you think a fallopian tubes could handle his sperm? And it also stars Kate Mara, who I absolutely love Kate Mara, man. I think she's fantastic as an actress. I think she's great. Not, 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 not her best. Not her best here. But she is the best actress in the movie by about a fucking football field. I mean, when you consider those three in this and that the first two Urban Legends movies were far better than I expected them to be and more entertaining than expected. Like, you think this one's probably going to rule, right? No. No, this direct-to-DVD piece of hot pocket-ass nugget did not, in fact, rule. In fact, it might be one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Now, I've definitely seen worse. There's good things that we're going to talk about in this, but, I mean, it's fucking around. So, in Bloody Mary, a bunch of girls are having a, a high school sleepover, complete with pillow fighting and everything, and terrible acting, and then, all of a sudden, they decide, we're going to play Bloody Mary. And, all of a sudden, the fucking ring girl, Samara, shows outside the house, looking like an Elmer's glue fucking paper cut thing, and then she starts picking off their friends in school one by one like a supernatural bloody mary who looks like a bad ripoff of samara is killing kids off one by one until kate mara's character figures out that this is all involved an urban legend that happened at their school previously she has to figure out the mystery of the dead girl and, and put her body to rest so she can stop it all because way back when there was an urban legend about a bunch of dudes who were trying to do this mass date raping of their girlfriends and one girl got killed. And that's basically it. I, I don't know. Did that make sense? God damn it. There is... 
the movie's peppered with at least memorable kills. I can't even call any of them good kills, but it's peppered with at least memorable kills. Now, it's a straight-up Final Destination ripoff because every single one of these decides to do the urban legend thing. Like, Ooh, we're about to do this urban legend. No, no, we're actually going to do this one. And it's just, it's just a straight-up Final Destination template, almost more so than it is a Scream template. By the way, the only Scream template-ish thing about this, since we're talking about the good things I said, is that when they do that, it, it is meta and self-referential in its own way because they do have kills and talk about kills that reference the kills we saw in some of the other Urban Legends movies. So that's a weird sort of meta twist that they put on here. I'm just really scraping the bottom of the barrel, guys. Apart from the fact that that and then they are teens and then you, there there is a moment where you're wondering exactly what's going on because the girls, after playing Bloody Mary, are kidnapped and there's sort of a whodunit thing there or what's happening. Mystery to unravel, that sort of screamish. And again, this just comes as a sequel to one of the most just like scream films there are that's kind of where those things sort of end in this unfortunately except for the over the top you know high school actors and of course the scooby-doo thing that ends up happening where we kind of nightmare on elm street thing and it involves some of the parents in the town because they lived here when all this other stuff happened so yeah there's enough there's just enough it's a shitty fucking christmas present but it's enough it is the Dr. Chalice as a dad version of enough. Like he shows up once a year on Halloween and throws his kids some Halloween masks before he goes and, and bangs a 22-year-old somewhere whose dad just died. So this will be brief. One of the kills that I'm talking about, a guy goes and pisses on an electric fence. Do you guys remember the song, Don't Whiz on the Electric Fence? This guy does, and it... He pees on it and it blows him backwards. But when they find his dead body, there's this hilarious moment where the first guy on the scene goes, holy shit, that guy's dick is smoking. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's the best moment of the entire movie, bar none. And well, that's it. We're done with the good stuff. <laughs> I mean, not totally. Like some of the acting in this is so bad, it's actually entertaining to watch. Like the jock specifically. Like there's one of the dudes who looks like the slow guy from Stephen King's The Stand if he had the same hairstylist as the drummer from The Used. They're also over the top and cheesy and bad that it can be semi-entertaining to, to watch them float about as pieces of shit throughout the movie. They do a tanning bed kill, which it's terribly done, but the energy is there, so you almost don't mind it. There's the the really hot girl who's like half naked who's working the suntan thing, and this high school kid's been banging her, so he comes there to get his tan on. He's like, afterwards, maybe I'll get some of your glow, lady, or some shit like that. She's on the phone walking back and forth like, oh, my God, shut up. Oh, my God, shut up. And they make a whole thing of it. He gets in the tanning bed and in a Final Destination type way, I guess Bloody Mary invisibly comes in there and starts hitting the fucking up button on it. And he gets locked in because he can't open a goddamn suntan booth. And you know what's going to happen. He burns alive. It's nowhere near as cool as they did it in actual the later Final Destination. But when they open it up, he literally, like, it doesn't even make sense. He looks like he's been there for, like, 77 years. Like, he's all decomposed and actually, like, looks like the fucking Crypt Keeper. And you're like, that's not what that would fucking look like. They literally got a Party City dead body and just threw it in the fucking tanning bed. But still, yeah, just the imagination and the energy behind that kill is not the worst. The worst! And I mean the worst. And it should have been the best. It should have been the crowning jewel of this piece of dog turd i always remember this from scary stories that tell in the dark when the spider hatches eggs inside of someone's face and then it bursts open and spiders go everywhere they could have done that here but they have a character and she's sleeping and it bites her or whatever and as soon as the spider comes out you go oh shit here we go and then you go oh god no 
Holy tits. It looks like a 1990s CGI Spider-Man TV show. The spiders are all CGI. Even the initial spider that just like, that you, you couldn't find a fucking spider, dropped it in front of the camera and just walk, watched it walk off to it. Just at least present the thought that maybe this was real. No, it's a spider that looks like it's walking this far off the fucking ground. Like it's, it's not even, it doesn't even look like it's on her goddamn skin. Okay. It's just like, this is literally what it looks like as it goes through. It bites her and then she picks at it and it looks, it's really gross at one moment because she squirts it and, and the goop hits the mirror and you're going, oh, God, we're about to get fucked up. But you don't get fucked up. You don't. Because when they start bursting out, their little CGI 1990s fucking PC graphic spiders. I mean, this is worse than like Earth, than like Mortal Kombat Annihilation level graphics. I mean, you've seen like fucking better looking toys in a happy meal than these spider-mans that come out spider-mans these spiders that come out and they're everywhere and they're going all over the place crawling two feet off everything they're touching not looking real at all and it would have been a really cool scene and then like it's like they don't even understand how bodies work she smashes her face into a mirror and she gets these two like horns of glass stuck in her head i don't know how she even managed that but it's like a dude perfect shot of the glass and she gets the 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 glass stuck in her head and then when she like rips it off and she pulls a chunk out of her face it looks like a disc coming out of an old cd rom like she like just takes a chunk of her skin and like removes it and there's no like brain there it's just like this blank spot none of it even like makes anatomical sense what they're doing with these kills like how can we make this worse than it already is i don't know throw a piece of baloney at it steve she's literally laying there with like a piece of cake pulled out of her head and it's not like bleeding out it doesn't what is this anyways that was one of the most atrocious moments of film i've ever fucking partaken in in my entire life and i'm now stupider for having seen it there's one dude who they hit out of all the different kills. They do the the vending machine thing, and you think it's going to happen again. Straight up Final Destination ripoff. They do the the dog lick scene where it's like dogs can lick too that they talked about in the other movies. That's kind of where the meta stuff sort of comes in. He's watching porn in the old school way we used to watch in the 90s with all the squiggly lines on it or whatever. But yeah, this high school kid just rented a hotel and is just eating chips and, and drinking 40s of malt liquor and watching porn. I don't – who – what? And they do the finger in the drink. So they're throwing the urban legends at you. It's just none of them make any goddamn sense. And again, at the end of the day, all of these kills are supernatural. Like, I had, I kind of admire the, the, the nutsack to say, hey, let's take urban legends, but let's actually do the ring thing and make it supernatural. We'll take the Bloody Mary story and we'll kind of tie it in and make her sort of the slasher. I get the balls to do that. I really do. And it could have loosely worked if it wasn't put together on a Dollar Tree budget and edited together like a drunk doing a Where's Waldo puzzle while skydiving on fire. Honestly, when Bloody Mary actually does show up, and sometimes she's literally like a cardboard standout, she's like just... <laughs> it's so awful and and when they try to make her actually like crawl at the screen literally looking like she's crawling out of a fucking tv when she's crawling at you it, it's the it's the weirdest party city spirit halloween dumb looking shit you've ever seen in your life it's so awful it's actually more embarrassing than an american idol audition gone wrong almost as embarrassing as the acting from the sub characters in this movie i mentioned the pillow party earlier there's one point where the girls are just like giggling and they sound like deadites it's literally worse than porn acting by some of these characters she's like well i mean they wouldn't have blacklisted us from hanging out if you wouldn't have wrote all those stories about them in the school paper and i swear to god they just they flat out ran out of money 
they, they had to because while they're doing the whole investigatory thing and they're like, well, let's go to the school and look at old newspaper clips because that's how they solve things in every fucking horror movie ever. They go back to one of the survivors of when all this shit happened constantly throughout the movie and she's just literally all like her characters i smoke weed every time they go over her house it's just like she's smoking weed guess what i smoke weed i've got a bong i've got a joint i've got a dime bag it's like fucking jay and silent bob as just a boring person who looks like they're half asleep all the time she actually looked look more like she was on xanax than she did that smoked a lot of pot like for 25 goddamn minutes of the running time of this movie the movie's just going <laughs> guess who's smoking weed this lady it's like, we fucking get it. Get a personality already. But these kids go back and forth to her. Like, one will go to her and be like, help me solve this. She's like, I'm too high. And then the other kid will come in and be like, help me solve this. She's like, I'm too high. And it's like, Jesus fucking Christ. Here's what happened. They got to that point in the movie. They literally ran out of money. And they were like, I don't know. Y'all just talk for like 20 minutes. And we'll just wrap this bitch up with what we got. That's what it felt like. And then speaking of how they wrapped it up, when we get to the whole penultimate I was the one who was the parents of Nightmare on Elm Street who had something to do with all this. And, and, and Kate Mara and the dude, and they're at the graveyard. And she's like, I've got to put her body to rest, even though she's fucking murdering people. And then all of a sudden, Bloody Mary pops up and kisses the guy on the mouth. And he's just like, oh, fuck, this is this dead chick making out with me. This is hot. And just, like, goes for it. And then ob- then he turns into green goddamn tornado dust, looking like a fucking lawnmower man fucking flubber at the same time and disappears in the movie ends thank christ they didn't even bother with like a post-credit scene or like to tie it into the other movies this time they were just like let's get the fuck out of here because this is embarrassing for all of us this movie is not just like scream this movie is shit that should not be it's an atrocity for all of us and i'm sure people it's, it's, got, it's, it's gonna be one of those movies that's a guilty pleasure for some people i understand that but oh wow fucking wow man uh we're gonna do a good movie next time on the just like scream series i haven't decided what yet but i decided that we gotta pick a good one because after this i really need to rebound you know i need to get my shit back together i'm gonna eat alone i'm gonna choose to eat my waffles alone recharge my batteries and uh uh, we'll do a good one next time because i hate being so negative but what a piece of floppy donkey dick this movie was um you're not a piece of floppy donkey dick you're fucking cool so i appreciate you guys spending this time with me and i appreciate all the love for this series i'm having a blast doing it despite what it may look like the past few minutes or so and um yeah what did you guys think of belly mary it's a two i'm gonna give it a two out of a ten i really give a score that low um Yeah. Love your fucking faces, guys. Hope you have an amazing day. Mom and dad are gonna be so mad at me When they find out I'm in love with my friend Billy Got a white shirt, tight little jeans Kinda wanna put my pee in his bee He hit me with the phone, I wished it was his dick You cut me too deep this time You cut me too deep this time Woodsboro will never know me And Billy were more than bro So get it up, live her alone He was my sharing stone Woodsboro will never know me And Billy were more than bro So get it Sharing Stone 
best friends and will be until we die. And by the way, I'm still alive. Remember that time by the fireplace, just like the TV, sitting on my face. Watch a few movies, take a few notes, and afterwards we're going to bone. Cause Billy is my Sharon Stone. So get it up, leave her alone He was my Sharon Stone Woodsboro will never know me And Billy were more than bros So get it up, leave her alone He was my Sharon Stone It's called Tact, you fuck rag It's called Tact, you fuck rag Besides, it takes a man to do something like that. It's called tact, you fuck rag.